Hi, good morning everybody. Uh, my name's Sarah and it's so great to be able to share with you this morning. Um, I've been at St Peter's for about the last year or so and uh, it's really lovely being here in the church building, just like looking, looking at it, the, the food bank and everything around me. But it does remind me that um, I do miss everybody here also, so it'll be really great to see you all, all again soon. So I'm talking um, in the second week of a summer series covering the Lord's Prayer. Chris started it off last week by looking at the first verse. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I'm looking at the next line. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I was about 11 or 12 years old, I was traveling to school on the train with one of my friends. He turned to me and said, I am so terrified about having nothing to be remembered by when I die. It's a bit extreme for an 11 year old. But I was thinking about this recently because I attended a talk on resilience during lockdown and was asked to think about all the gains and losses that I'd experienced during this time. As I considered the losses, I suddenly realized that my friend's fear had been nagging away at me in the background. I too was getting dogged by similar questions. What have I done so far? Do I have anything to contribute? Am I making an impact on the world around me? The word legacy is most generally associated with history's winners. Powerful people who build empires, have books written about them, and even statues erected for them. Only sometimes do we have a record of a less powerful person, like Daniel from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, who was captured and taken into exile in Babylon to become a civil servant in the court of the king. He found his life repeatedly threatened when he and his friends dared to stand up to the powerful king when challenged to compromise their beliefs. Mostly, we don't have a record of all the courageous people in history like him. But even if I'm not called to make a stand like Daniel or do anything that could be written about in a history book, I still want to feel like my contribution in this life will be remembered as meaningful. I think we all want to be people who make a difference, are the best version of ourselves in order to make a lasting contribution to our friends, families, communities, and society at large. But it can scare us if we feel like we aren't making an impact. As I was reading today's passage from Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I found myself thinking, whose kingdom am I trying to build? When Jesus teaches us how to pray, he is directing us to be preoccupied with his father's kingdom and legacy, not my kingdom and my will. Last week, Chris spoke about God being our father, 
And from an early age, we see Jesus being really intentional about seeking the will of his father. When Jesus goes missing in Jerusalem and his parents find him at the temple, he says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And probably Jesus was about the same age as my friend when he said this. So just to return to the book of Daniel, chapter seven. In the middle of kingdoms and empires rising and falling, Daniel has a prophetic dream, which says, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. God promised that this son of man would one day bring an everlasting kingdom onto this earth. This title, Son of Man, is how Jesus described himself. He took this title to himself as the one who heralded this kingdom when he stood up in the temple and read from the book of Isaiah at the beginning of his public ministry. In Luke 4:18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. But what does it mean for me to be part of God's everlasting kingdom and pray that it comes to this earth? So far, I have seen one example that stands out for me where I think I saw the kingdom of heaven. I used to work in a part of London called East Ham, just east of West Ham, which has the football club. About a five minute walk from the tube station is a community center called the Trinity Center. And it's run by a Christian man called Paul. It was the first place I'd experienced what I thought looked like Jesus's ministry. There were so many people who according to the world standards were unimportant, but they all belonged to what I can only describe as a little family. They were treated with exceptional kindness and would wander in and out of the building with all the comfort and ease of anyone who feels totally at home. It reminded me of the way Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 22. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. 
It was an extraordinary place. But I did used to think, if this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like, it's not exactly glamorous. But if what the Bible says is true about the first being last and the last being first, then in God's eyes, this might have been one of the most glorious places on earth. Paul from the Trinity Center seemed to understand what the kingdom of heaven looked like. And honestly, I would like to be like that. But so often I'm dragged away from this radical vision of God's kingdom and find myself desperately wanting the vision of my own kingdom. Jesus's disciples struggled with this upside down kingdom and can be seen arguing over who is the greatest. Interestingly, Jesus never rebukes them for wanting to be great. But Jesus didn't chase glamour, wealth or position. He had a normal job as a carpenter. He loved spending time with the most ostracized members of society by welcoming them in and setting people free. He served his disciples by doing the unpleasant task of washing their feet. Nothing was too small or menial for him. He was utterly obedient to the will of his father and in doing so also performed miraculous healings. Jesus reframed what greatness looks like. He simply says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. So let me just return to my friend's comments about leaving a legacy. I think that probably the world's way of leaving a legacy confronts us because death makes life seem so small and final. And we know that a hundred billion people have gone before us. It makes us wonder, if we don't make our mark, then who are we? Legacy is about what we leave behind. So what did the Son of Man leave behind? Jesus's legacy is that he didn't leave us behind. He defeated death entirely through his resurrection. His greatest legacy is that he is still alive. And in doing this, as Ben said a few weeks ago, he saved us from ourselves so we too can be alive with him. When I choose to build his kingdom, his way, it really does what the Bible promises, brings righteousness, peace and joy into situations that I didn't think could ever change. Any name I want, might want to make for myself seems to pale into insignificance against the one called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Like Jesus, we are also called to leave our legacy in the hands of God as we follow his way. As it says in Philippians 2, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So I just wanna finish with a prayer. Father God, thank you that Jesus didn't leave us and that the impact he made on this earth will last forever. Thank you that the kingdom of heaven here on earth is glorious and so much brighter and beautiful than anything we could ever build for ourselves. Father, we ask that you align our consciousness and will with yours so that we may only see the world the way you see it. Help us to be part of the legacy that declares in a loud voice that your name is the name above every other. Amen. So now we're going to go into a, a time of ministry and worship. <laughs> 